world, it's the ladies of Nerditude again. My name is Jill. And I'm Francine. And this week we are going to talk about the second season of Supernatural. We're slowly making our way through. Slowly. <laughs> slowly but surely. Only 11 seasons to go <laughs> until we're caught up by the end of this season. And then by then it'll yeah. be season 13's <laughs> over and then mm. they'll probably be getting ready for season 14 because be real, it's <laughs> never going to end and I'm okay with that. Um, so where did we leave off with season one? So season one left off, if my memory serves me correctly, with basically everyone trying to sacrifice themselves for everyone else. Uh, yeah. When they get hit (laughs) by the truck. Yeah. And like, so now it seems that it's about, you know, who, how can we save everyone and how can we keep the family together, which is. Spoiler alert, not something that's really possible. No, not when you're a Winchester. Nope. But that's the plan, at least. Right. So the last thing that we saw at the end of season one was when they get T-boned by the truck being driven by a demon. Mm -hmm. Cliffhanger. I know. Poor baby. (laughs) Yes. Super sad. So at the beginning of season two, we're at the hospital with everybody recovering and John's back, mm-hmm. and he's kind of a d bag. <laughs> Shockingly, you just really don't like John I Winchester. Really don't. <laughs> it's okay, unless he's played by Matt Cohen. Yeah, young because that's like Winchester. a different version. Mm-hmm. Yeah, pre like, pre Jeffrey Dean Morgan. Yeah, that's a that's a better John for you. I think so <laughs> because he's not angry and jaded, and yeah, you know, abusing he's not his kids, ridden. Yeah. Yeah, <laughs> not huge with the ignoring your children thing. Um, but I thought this was a really cool season opener because, you know, the whole first season, Dean is built up to be the, the big badass older brother. And he's the one who's the most injured and he's in a coma and they don't really think he's going to make it. And we get introduced to our first like Reaper who's mm-hmm. not under the control of someone else yes that is um what's her name in the show it starts with a t's uh tess tess yes i was i can never remember if she's tess or tessie um tessa excuse me (laughs) whatever (laughs) tessa um who we see again over the years Mm -hmm. and that's really cool and i thought it was also interesting that she goes because dean's like wow you're a lot prettier than i thought you would be and she's like oh i am whatever you think yeah. I would be. Mm-hmm. Whatever's most comforting to you. And of course, Dean likes a pretty woman, right? <laughs> yeah. You know, if you're going to die, a pretty woman coming to get you and being like, it's okay. I feel like that's Dean's mind, like where it would go. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. And I thought it was interesting that, the you know, Sam goes and gets the Ouija board. Mm-hmm. He's and trying so hard yeah. to like find any way to save his brother. And there is where we start with the Winchester. I know. <laughs> like, the sacrifice problem. Where there ain't no me. If there ain't no you, I know. <laughs> but they, it's, it's to a fault. And it's like codependent. And they explore that through the rest of the seasons as well. That like they are self-sacrificing towards each other. But then they are mad at the other one when they try to sacrifice themselves. Oh, yeah. And that kind of makes a mess. For the next, like, (laughs) 10 years. For the next, like, decade, yeah. Yeah, (laughs) definitely a problem for both of them. Mm -hmm. 
and mom and dad mm-hmm. and pretty much anybody yeah, they come in contact with. the grandparents, with. their like cousin. I mean, it's just everybody. Oh, yeah. I forgot about their cousin. Yeah. It's yeah. everybody. They it's, all have this issue. It is. All their friends. <laughs> it's true. Acquaintances, whatever. Yeah. <laughs> and it's we like see it. Yeah. And we see it like play out in this episode because we watched John end up swooping in. I know. You're mad. No, it was like, <laughs> it was like the one good thing he ever did, mm-hmm. in my opinion. Yeah. He he cut himself off the show, <laughs> pretty much. <laughs> yeah. And did, did he leave because he had something else that he was going to go do? Or was that just like they decided to do that with that character? Do you know? You know, I'm not sure mm-hmm. if he left by like his own volition. He was on Grey's Anatomy, right? Mm-hmm. I don't he know was. if that was around the same time because I don't watch that show. But yeah. maybe he left to be on Grey's Anatomy. I don't know. Yeah. Uh, well, and of course, you know, if you want to move the show forward from the first season where it was all about the hunt for dad, like among other things. They were trying to find him and figure out what he was trying to do slash now we can like move that focus into now we found him. He's dead. And now it's about revenge on like this crappy situation that we've been put into. You know, so I think it was a good like bridge for the story. But I also believe Jeffrey Dean Morgan was not available for a lot of filming. So I think they had to like kind of take him off the show didn't they want to do that anyway with somebody i thought they wanted to kill off somebody else i think so i'm not 100% sure on that but um i thought it was interesting um that he was the one who contacted azazel Mm -hmm. and i was like you son of a bitch you knew where he was the whole time for at least a while if not dragging your kids all over creation trying to find this thing and Mm -hmm. then you locate or find out how to locate him and you don't say anything and what do you do? You call in a favor? Really? Yeah. Yeah. He sees it as sacrificing for his kids, I think. So from like his perspective, his warped I... perspective, he's doing a good thing. But really, what did he think was going to happen? Like, you raised your kids. Maybe you know them a little bit. Did you think they were going to be like, okay, we're done? Like, really? Now this demon took both of their parents. I don't think he was thinking. Uh, I think that is a thing in this family that we do things without thinking. Mm -hmm. Really. It's a problem. It is. It's a huge problem. problem. Um, And I also liked about the opening of this season that we find out more about how vengeful spirits are made. Yeah. Um, Because Tessa, the Reaper, tells Dean... You can come with me or you can stay here, but over mm-hmm. time you will decay and you will essentially become a poltergeist. Yeah. And then you'll like hurt people and you, is that what you want to do? Right. And spoiler alert, we do see that again later with mm-hmm. Bobby. Yeah. We when actually see it a couple go. times. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, so that's interesting. They kind of hint at it with Kevin too, late, way later on. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's definitely a thing that stays consistent throughout the universe. Like, yeah. If you're dead, you have to move on or else, pretty much. Yeah, or you become the thing you always hunted. Mm-hmm. That's really sad. It is really sad. So, I, But I thought that was a cool way to set that up early mm-hmm. on. Um, and then, John. <laughs> you're still not over it. Giving up the cult. <laughs> yeah, well, I mean, that's what he had to do. That was the bargain, right? That yeah. was the deal. And Azazel's not dumb. Well, no. He knows that, like... 
if anyone's thinking in this situation, uh, yes, it's him. He's like, oh, what can I get out of this? <laughs> what can I get out of this? Oh, the thing that can kill me. Fair, Very smart. But to me, and I've never been in this situation, and I'm sure that I never <laughs> would be. But like, yes, it's really hard to like watch your older son die and your, sure. other, your other son suffer through it. Mm-hmm. But you're handing over <laughs> that to a demon plus your soul, plus mm-hmm. you're not 100% sure that Dean's going to be like, he's going to recover from this incident, but he could go out and like, you don't make deals with demons. Yeah. As we've learned over the years, you don't, cause he could walk out in the street and get hit by a bus. Mm-hmm. Technically Azazel filled his end of the deal. Yeah. But and Dean's we see, still dead. yeah, and we see demons try to like find those little loopholes mm-hmm. a lot where they're like, well, technically I didn't kill you. It's an accident. Mm-hmm. So I, I totally fulfilled my end of the contract. And it's like, I don't know if John's just too impulsive to think of that or if they haven't had enough contact with demons to know that that's a thing. I feel like it's probably a mixture of both. I think at that point, probably not enough contact with demons. Yeah. Um, Because we haven't seen yet at this particular episode, the Crossroads demons. Mm -hmm. The only demon they've really encountered is Meg. Yeah. And uh, not really many of her henchmen. Mm -hmm. Um, Yeah, they don't they don't know they're going into the situation blind. Yeah. Which is probably the worst way to go into a like deal making situation. I think so. With like no knowledge. Good job, John. (laughs) Way to be. Way to think it out. So, anyway, so John gives himself up and the cult, and Dean's Lace like <laughs> angry with the world, but he's okay after he gets out of his coma, mm-hmm. all that kind of stuff. But I was excited because in this season we get to meet Joe and Ellen and Ash. And Ash! Fucking love Ash. I know. He got so many characters get a raw deal. He was not around for long enough, and I want him to come back. I hope. Oh, spoiler so for season 13. <laughs> I hope that he's in the alt-verse. Me too. Because he could have made it. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. Oh, he would totally make it. Mm-hmm. And we see him, like, once more after. Yeah. We um, see him in heaven. Mm-hmm. Where he's just totally, like, running the place. So I have a lot of, oh, yeah. of faith in him that he would survive the alt-verse, I think. And I, like kind of picture that he and Garth would be super good friends. Oh my gosh, that would be so Wouldn't awesome. that be the best thing ever? Oh, I would so, so watch their buddy cop comedy. Like, they're... Oh my god. <laughs> I'm going to write to Eric Kripke because like that needs to be a thing. Those two uh, would be amazing together. Their, their storytelling would be the best. <laughs> Just the way that they each go about telling stories separately. I can imagine them telling it together. Oh, it would just be so funny. And I, I really like Ash because he, how he looks versus how smart he is. Mm-hmm. And I think that's really cool, kind of like breaking down this weird barrier of him, the guy who's drunk at the bar asleep on the pool table, <laughs> and he's got a mullet, and he went to MIT. Right? Like, he's like, what? I can build a supercomputer while drunk? Yeah. Like, it's great. He's so funny. He's I, a wonderful character. And I really liked Ellen. Mm-hmm. Ellen is wonderful. Yeah. They needed that maternal influence in their life, I think, especially right now in losing their father, who was never really such a great parental influence mm-hmm. to begin with. They need like a strong mama to be like, hey, don't talk back to me. I will slap you upside the head. Shh. 
Learn yeah. some respect. You will call me when you get to <laughs> St. Louis. That like, kind of thing. I just, she's great. She is. And I, yeah, she's so no nonsense mm-hmm. and she's not going to take any of their crap. Yeah. And I kind of liked the, I, I'd miss the roadhouse because it was kind of a temporary home base. Yeah. Where no matter where they were on the road or whatever, they could go back to the roadhouse mm-hmm. and Ellen would be there. And Ash and Joe. And Their that was great. Family. It was like, yeah, they had a little kind mm-hmm. of a makeshift home. Yeah. As close as they could have at any rate. Mm-hmm. And from what I understand, that's why they ended up getting rid of the roadhouse and Ash and Ellen and Joe. Because they were too homey. They were too much like it wasn't about traveling anymore enough because they had like this home to go back to, which is weird because now like season 12, season 13, we still have the bunker. Yeah. Which is totally like a home base. So it's odd that they got rid of that element and then brought it back in a different way. I don't know. I would still argue that even though they have the bunker, home is the car. Yeah. Because mm-hmm. that's where they always are. So Yeah. It's their connection to their family, too. Mm-hmm. It's all what sentimental. A, <gasps> a lot of feelings. Okay. <laughs> yeah. Um. So what was your favorite episode in season two uh this is hard for me because there's a couple that i really like um i think the one that's my favorite and this is like in quotation marks y'all can't see my quotation marks but my favorite (laughs) one um would probably be hollywood babylon yes i really like Oh, the meta element of it was really funny and I loved how they wrote in like actual feedback that they got from the network and had <laughs> yeah. it like coming out of the network executives mouths and like that was just really fun. I enjoyed that episode and I enjoyed them making fun of horror movies. I thought that was incredibly clever and it's one of those episodes that really sticks out. Yeah. Yeah. And I think that's why I like it. So, um, and I loved like Dean, the PA, like he, that was, that was great. Like him eating everything, (laughs) but he was really good at his job, which was the best part to me was like, we, we see Dean think that he can't do anything. Mm -hmm. You know, he's like, I'm just a hunter. It's like what I've done my whole life. I have no actual skills, but then they end up kind of going undercover and he like absorbs everything so quickly and he learns so quickly and he becomes like indispensable to the production which I just think is so funny because he just showed up. Like, yeah, nobody even knows if he works there. (laughs) From nobody, but they gave him like a walkie-talkie and like an earpiece, like clearance to go wherever he wants to go on set. It's great. I just, it touches my heart. It's a standout for me in season two. It is. So I really, really like it. And it's (laughs) enjoyable. And I, yeah, I I enjoy that they were poking fun at horror movies. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and the the it was poor a really writer good cold opening too. Mm-hmm. Yeah, the cold opening was really good, and I love the like writer of the movie who was like, "Well, I wrote it this way," and then they trashed it. And the other <laughs> guy's like, "No, I made it sellable." <laughs> yeah. Like, I love the creative arguments because I feel like that is so meta to oh, the yeah. creators of anything. So I, I just that sh- that episode just tickles me. I think it's so funny. Good. <laughs> What's your favorite episode of the season? I have two. Fair. Um, The first one is Crossroad Blues. That's a great episode. Uh, Which is when we first encounter the Crossroads demons Mm -hmm. who become such a big deal later. You know, like the King of the Crossroads. Mm -hmm. Um, Which I thought was interesting 
that Crowley was not introduced here. Yeah, they they save um, him for later. They do. Mm-hmm. Uh, nice build up to that. But I thought it was really cool because it has so much to do with like American folklore, mm-hmm. uh, especially in the South where you believe in you know the crossroads demons and yeah. um, the story of selling your soul to get musical talent. Mm-hmm. I've you know it's like the devil went down to Georgia kind of thing. And I don't remember the name of the guitar player in the episode. I'm flipping around here and I don't see it. But he sells his soul to get the power to play the guitar very well. And he essentially creates the blues. Mm -hmm. And then the the dogs come for him. And this is also when we get to learn a little bit more about hellhounds and Mm -hmm. stuff, which is the only fucking thing that (laughs) Dean is afraid of. Yeah. (laughs) So... Dean and um, dogs, man. He does not. He does not. He does, does not get go, down with the dogs. It does not ever go well. No. For him and the dogs. Uh, and the other one was Tall Tales. Yes. Which is mm-hmm. the introduction of the trickster. Yeah. Which is another like that. Just seeing all the little baby storylines and like where mm-hmm. they start to where they become. It's wonderful to see. And I think that's why I like episodes like that so much because... Mm-hmm. Maybe if you watched Tall Tales standalone, it's a good episode. Yeah. But just going forward and knowing this is where that storyline started or going back and seeing this is the introduction of the trickster who, you know, ends up being so many other people. Mm-hmm. I I think it adds to it. So I really liked it because, I mean, everybody loves Richard Spate. Yeah. Let's just be real. Well, and this was a great way to introduce him because he was like so snarky and so ridiculous, yeah. but they made it work. And I remember the first time I saw this episode, I thought it was so odd and mm. I couldn't figure out, it was one of the only ones where I couldn't figure out what the hell was going on. With the aliens. Yeah, and the, the guy slow dancing and- with the aliens. <laughs> You're and- just like, what the hell? Yeah, I was like, wait, there's aliens in Supernatural? And I was kind of like, oh, I don't know how I feel about that. And then, mm. I was, and then he, the guy... <laughs> it was like, I don't want to talk about it because they probed me and all this stuff. And <laughs> even the Winchesters are like, I'm sorry, what? Like, we don't think that's real. What are you talking about? Yeah, there's no such thing as aliens. <laughs> and as they slowly figure out that he is a trickster. Oh, yeah, that totally makes sense. Mm-hmm. He can make whatever he wants to make. And then spoiler alert, you find out he's like an even bigger thing later and an even bigger thing after that. Mm-hmm. He just has so many identities. <laughs> Which makes sense. Once you kind of unpack like more of his storyline, that's how he protects himself. Mm-hmm. Is like in all of these layers of like fake stories and like fake reality, which really makes a lot of sense. And it's very clever. You know, spoiler alert, but he is the first angel we mm-hmm. meet. Yeah. So, and I find it interesting that there you can once you know that later you see how they're starting to play with christian myth a little bit mm-hmm. because i don't know about you but i grew up <laughs> in a catholic household and i had to learn my archangels and everything and not once way was i ever like i bet gabriel was one sassy bastard <laughs> you know like Raphael, what a douchebag like yeah. you don't think about it that <laughs> like, way i bet michael was kind of a tool <laughs> like i mean i think it's interesting and i liked that they picked someone who looks very normal, very mm-hmm. unassuming. Yeah. And he's just a janitor, right? He's just the dude. They meet him like so early on in the episode. Mm-hmm. And he's just like, yeah, this place is weird. Like what a weird, like, you know? 
And I like that he shows powers in this episode that he relies on a lot later, mm-hmm. but you don't realize, like his uh, thing where he casts himself into different spots so that he's like duplicated. Mm-hmm. Um, also part of the mythology of yeah. the many beings that he inhabits to be. It's very clever. Yeah. So big fan of that episode. It's a great one. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It's a really good one. I also really enjoyed Folsom Prison Blues. I liked, I mean, it was funny. It was really funny. But it was also cool to challenge them in a different way where the things they rely on, like to fight a ghost, you know, salt guns, matches, all that stuff is really hard to come by in a prison. And also you can't do a whole lot of investigating off like the area that you're stuck in. Like you can't right. just have run of the building or what have you. So I think it challenged them to hunt in a different circumstance. Mm-hmm. And that was really interesting. It, it was a different type of hunting that they had to adapt to to figure out like what they could do. And it also introduced uh, Henriks, who comes back later. Right. All right, Henriksen, yeah. Uh, that I also really like that storyline as mm-hmm. that progresses of – hey, you can't be a hunter and be ignored by the FBI. Yeah, they're going to eventually because catch on. <laughs> from the outside, you do kind of look like a couple of serial killers. A little bit, right? Like you look, you have a bunch of fake identities. You carry a lot of weaponry. You appear and disappear. You leave bodies in your wake. Like eventually you're going to ping someone's radar. Well, and going back to season one, Skin, mm-hmm. that episode where it looked like Dean had murdered a few people. Just a little. And then they thought that Dean was dead, but then they see him again and he goes, wait, I thought you died in Cleveland or mm-hmm. St. Louis, whatever it yeah. was. And he was like, I mean, I did. <laughs> Just temporarily. I, uh, I do that. Yeah. Like, so. this is my life. It happens. They thought that was really fun. And also like kind of a, like this episode had good scary or this season had good scary episodes mm-hmm. that were different from the scariness of season one. Like yes. it was it was different. It was a different tone. Season one, I would say, is more a little bit folklore, mm-hmm. urban like, legend. Yeah. This is kind of more getting into horror movies or mm-hmm. things that could happen, but yeah. might actually be something else. Like so and so got murdered in the alley and it looks like a like you could get murdered. You could go out in the alley and get murdered right now. Thanks. <laughs> Not you personally, <laughs> but I mean like that's yeah. something that could really happen to a person. Mm-hmm. But they twist it and, you know, make it scary because of a, a supernatural thing that goes along with it. And I, I enjoy the creep factor. Yeah. Well, they're also, they built a bridge from like season one where you don't know if you're going to get to keep going. So you kind of have to like wrap up your storyline, you know, and it's mm-hmm. very like monster of the week ish. They build a lot more mythology that we still see oh, yeah. going on now. So they were able to kind of start building like a larger story, which is really cool. And we see like Sam, more of Sam's history from and and their mother and their father. And we see all of that kind of un, unfurl throughout the season in a cool way. I mean, this season was really Sam heavy when it came to like the larger arc. Very. Very much. And I kind of wish that there had been a little bit more like Dean in there because it gets really Sam heavy to me. I feel like that over the course of the series, though, they kind of trade. Mm -hmm. So, I mean, I'm okay with it. But this one was very Sam heavy. Definitely. It was. Uh, But, I mean, it was interesting. Like, I know 
there's some voices among the fandom that are like, oh, the psychic kids thing. Like, I'm so over it. It was odd. It was a weird choice. It was a weird choice. And like, I, I mean, I, I feel like they had to build it in somehow. So that's the way they chose to do it. And that's fine. You I know. thought it was interesting when Sam found out he wasn't the only one that this had happened to. Yeah. And that it affected different people differently. Some of them went kind of crazy with power. Other ones were like, no, no, I'm going to ignore that. That's not a thing. Like, you know, everybody had a different reaction. Yeah. Or the uh, the guy who would make you think about gay porn if you pissed him off because yeah. he could control your thoughts. Mm -hmm. That was kind of interesting because... Haha, ha, it's funny, but also he's just like a regular guy who doesn't know anything about all this stuff. Yeah. And he just thinks he has this power of charisma mm -hmm. and that's how he chooses to use it. And wouldn't a lot of normal people do stuff like that where you talk your way out of parking tickets or you somebody pisses you off so you make them think about things they don't want to think about? Mm -hmm. I thought that that was kind of a funny little nod to reality. Yeah, it, it does feel very grounded in reality because we see these like normal people, you know, the kid that gets abused by his father and then sad. like takes revenge, but mm -hmm. then he also wants revenge on his mother who let it happen. Like those kinds of stories, they end up feeling really real. And that was kind of cool. Kind of makes me think about Buffy sometimes because mm -hmm. they had similar types of episodes where, yeah, this is like realistically what somebody would do given the yeah. opportunity, like the invisible girl on mm -hmm. Buffy. So um, the overall feel of the season two would be Sam has a lot of shit going on, <laughs> I would say. <laughs> He's learning stuff about himself that isn't necessarily so comforting. Right. <laughs> and <laughs> we also learn in this season, if you have sex with Sam Winchester, oh man, you're going to die. <laughs> Like, yeah, that's that's just how it goes, I guess. It's the um, official arrival of like yeah. Sam's ex-girlfriends don't generally live. Right. Because, <laughs> I mean, Jessica in the first season, but I don't think he he wasn't with the girl from the art gallery. Right. In season one. Um, They went on a date. They but did. I don't think but I don't they think they <laughs> had dessert, I guess. <laughs> um. <laughs> But in this season, um, episode 17, Heart, is when we meet um, poor Madison. Poor Madison. Man. Poor to <laughs> know what was oh going on. Oh, my God. And I just, I feel like this was one of my least favorite episodes in this season because, man, what a bummer yeah. for, for Madison because she gets werewolfified. And according to werewolf lore, if you kill the sire before the first full moon you turn back into being human for whatever reason this doesn't work mm -hmm. and so they, they're like well we're gonna have to kill you they can't even like <laughs> oz her up and I, I was kind of like <laughs> or you could go fucking live in the woods mm -hmm. like i don't think i don't think we needed to kill her yeah um it was sad that it really made me really sad when they killed her. And my one overarching problem with Supernatural is that women sure die a lot mm -hmm. on this show, women and people of color. And I would say that this is probably the first one where I was like, oh, that was really unnecessary. It didn't further the plot. And yeah, she could have like 
she's in uh, San Francisco. Well, okay, I understand you can't have a werewolf running around San Francisco. Yeah. But guess what? She could move to Oregon and live out in the hills or whatever. Didn't they read Twilight or whatever? Ugh. No, I hope they didn't. <laughs> Please don't read that. Um, yeah, I just, I felt like it was unnecessary and... Yeah, it's also them still figuring out that just because you're a monster doesn't mean you're bad. Mm -hmm. And this poor lady wasn't bad at all. She just had a genuinely bad thing happen to her. And so after she and Sam have their fun night and oh, wait, oh, she is still a werewolf and and Sam has to go shoot her. Mm -hmm. It's very old yellery. I I just I just was like, oh, my God, it was very sad. It was really sad. And. I think you're right in that, like, they have this very black and white view of the world. Thanks, John. Where, like, if you're a monster, you're evil. And I think that that's a large part of this season as well, of, Mm -hmm. like, the lesson that they have to learn. And it's a hard one, right? That, like, some of the psychic kids are evil and some of them are not. And, like, we see that with um, the vampire who is uh, Tara, too. Like, right. I don't remember what episode that is, but I know that's I, this season. Um, I don't remember the name of the episode, but I know what you what you mean when they're when she's trying to explain that just because she's a vampire doesn't mm-hmm. mean that she runs around murdering people. Yeah, and I I think that it's a hard thing for them to understand that like you've got monsters that are not evil that are just trying to like live and have families, and we see that come back around again and again in different incarnations and with different reactions from them Mm -hmm. either they're both on the same side or they have arguments about how they should react to these situations they turn out very differently but i think that this is the time that we're like seeing that you know not all monsters are evil but also not all people are innocent benders right so we're seeing this like we're kind of muddying up the water with a lot of gray which i think is good and i think it also explains why sam has his self-worth issues Mm -hmm. and self-confidence issues that he deals with for years. Yeah. Realistically, um, which I thought was, again, making, I I do love the characters on the show because they deal with actual problems and they do last forever Mm -hmm. kind of thing. But Sam has issues of whether or not he himself is a monster and whether or not he should be put down And maybe, well, maybe this means that all monsters aren't bad because I'm not a bad person. Right. Like, and he didn't choose to have this happen to him, which we see with Madison and we see that with like the psychic kids. We see it with so many of the things that they have to struggle against. Like it wasn't a choice. Mm -hmm. It was something that you have to live with. And that's a really hard lesson. Well, yeah. And I think it's also interesting watching Dean react to that because he's battling between telling his brother, hey, man, no, you're don't kill yourself. You're totally like you're worth it. You're a good guy. But also you're kind of a demon ish mm-hmm. thing. We're still not 100% sure. Yeah. What you are or what's going on and watching them try and figure that out and mm-hmm. you know. It's interesting. Yeah. I think the vampire is thinking of was Lenore. Lenore. From Bloodlust. Yeah. That was the episode. Um But I mean, and then, right, so like if you just look at those two episodes, if you look at Bloodlust and then Children Shouldn't Play With Dead Things, Mm -hmm. those two episodes back to back, they like really encapsulate that whole idea because you've got vampires that aren't feeding on humans, but you have a crazy hunter that's looking to kill them anyway because they're evil, 
right? Because that's when like Gordon shows up and he's oh, all Gordon. Yeah, like he's all crazy and vampire huntery. And then you have a person in Children Shouldn't Play with Dead Things who basically riot like raises a zombie <laughs> for yeah. very creepy purposes. But like he's just a person and she was just a person. And there was nothing really like no monsteriness about them except for what they turn into. Right. Either by choice or by force when you look at like the dude versus the girl that he wanted to have a relationship with. That was so creepy. It was horrifying. That was yeah. a horrifying episode. It gives me a lot of like just the creepy crawly feeling. Again, this is another one where they took something that's truly creepy and then like also twisted it a little bit further because mm-hmm. stalkery things happen. Yeah, like obsessive. World. Yeah. Um, and then, yeah, they twisted it a little bit and like made it a zombie thing. And I thought that was utterly horrifying. Yeah. And then they added the uh, the layer of necrophilia on top of that that they seem to love to make just extra creepy. Yeah. Like as if the idea isn't creepy enough, <sighs> they have to like add a la- an extra layer of creep on top of that. They're really good at that. So much creep. So, I mean, I, I think that overall, like a lot of the episodes in this season were questioning, like, what is it? What does it really mean to be a monster? Do you think that they answer that question? I think they're still trying to answer that question. I think they are still trying to answer that too. You know, but like we, and I think it changes, the definition changes with the examples that we have, right? Because as the universe expands, we see more and more things that challenge the line between like monster and not a monster. Well, and I think that earlier on, Sam is more the one who's like, nah, just because you're that thing doesn't mean you're that thing. Yeah. Whereas Dean is very like, if you are this thing, you are that. Mm -hmm. So on and so forth. And I think that throughout the seasons, he gets maybe a little bit more exposure to people who aren't like Ben. Yeah. Uh, Benny. Benny. And, uh, whoever else there is along the way. Garth. Mm-hmm. Stuff like that. And uh, yeah. I, but I feel like at this point, he's still very like, you are what you are. And yeah. Like if it's a, a monster, thing. kill it <laughs> kind of thing. Yeah. And then later it's because you're an angel, you're a dick. Mm-hmm. Like so on and so forth. But. The only thing at this point I think that he's a little confused about is whether or not Sam is evil. Yeah. Because what is the one thing that John whispered into his ear? Mm-hmm. Kill your brother if you have to. Yeah. Really? He might, he might be evil. He might be evil. You <laughs> might need to kill him. And he's like, uh. Thanks, Dad. I kind of might have a hang up with that. <laughs> yeah. Especially when Sam is really his only family left. Thanks mm-hmm. to the sacrifice of John to save him. The only person he really has left, well, I mean, he has Ellen and Joe mm-hmm. and Ash and Bobby. And that's kind of it. Uh, but those aren't blood relatives. Mm-hmm. And these aren't people that he sees all the time. Yeah. He sees Sam every day. Mm-hmm. Well, and how did, how are you a father, going back to John Winchester and all the layers Damn of horribleness. You. Damn you, John. <laughs> how are you a father? <laughs> I know. Um, how are you a father that says... You have to take care of your brother. You're responsible for Sam. He's your like goal in life. It's like make sure that he's safe. Make sure that he's protected. But also you might have to kill him one day. Like how are those your parting words that you leave with your son? 
I don't, I don't know. I, That's I, very confusing. It, I, well, and I feel like at this point, the family is still very confused about how they relate to each other because remember back in season one, Sam and Dean hadn't seen each other for like five years and they're mm-hmm. kind of strangers. Yeah. And it kind of seems like they didn't get along super well before Sam left. Mm-hmm. Like they were. Because Sam and the, and John weren't getting along and Dean was on John's side. Yeah. So he, it's kind of like he inherited the tension. Right. And so through season one, they start to bond more. Mm-hmm. And, and then it, by this season, it's like they're mostly brothers again. Yeah. They went through their dad's death together. Yeah. And when your dad is like, hey, you might have to kill your brother. Yikes. Um, yeah, that's not not ideal. Yeah. One would say. And then you week to week you see these other kids that are like your brother, who are some of whom are doing some pretty evil stuff, and some of whom you have to like kill just straight up, like, okay, you cannot live. It's time for you to go. That's gotta weigh on you pretty heavy when you're like, oh, but my brother's also a member of this group. So if he turns dark, I'm going to have to do the same thing that's expected of me to do to yeah. these other monsters. I'm going to have to do it to my own brother. That's pretty screwed up. That's like a, a pretty Welcome weird headspace. Yeah. <laughs> that's a pretty weird headspace to be in. And then to also like at the same time, trust your brother with your life and like trust him around, you know, Joe and Ellen and Ash and Bobby. Like that's... Uh, knowing that he could go evil because of the power that he has inside of him at any time is kind of scary. Well, yeah, because he is unpredictable. Because mm-hmm. you don't know what it's going to do to him. It's a whole big thing. It's a whole thing. It's a whole big thing. Um, you know, the other episode that was pretty cool was What Is and What Should Never Be. Mm-hmm. That was a great episode. When we first encountered the djinn, which is another word for genie. Mm-hmm for those who are unaware. Uh, but I thought that was a really interesting episode of showing Dean what his life could have been like if he wasn't a hunter. So sad. It was. <gasps> it was. I mean, he's still not happy. But I was going to say, <laughs> I thought it was cool that they kept it realistic. It wasn't like, oh, you would have been a, had a perfect mm-hmm. life. You know, he's an alcoholic mechanic who yeah. maybe doesn't always get along with his girlfriend mm-hmm. and, and doesn't talk to his brother. Yeah, he doesn't talk to his brother. The one thing that he has in his life that's like his touchstone, right, is like his brother that he can rely on. And then he just straight up says to his face, like, well, we're not really that close. So I don't know what you want to talk about right now. Why are you calling me a bitch? Ooh, it was like so, broke my heart. <laughs> it was so rough. And he's like, no, you're supposed to call me jerk. And, and then he's like, why would I do that? And I was like, oh, no. <laughs> yeah. It's also rough, like, from a viewer standpoint to have everything that you've come to, like, have the warm fuzzies about just ripped right out from underneath you. <laughs> yeah. That's rough. Yeah. That's really rough. But to see them at the same time that you have all of this craziness going on, they get to meet their mom. Like, as mm-hmm. grown-ups. Oh, my feels. Like, I couldn't handle them. Her answering the door and Dean being like, Mom? Mm-hmm. That was just, I was bawling. I couldn't handle it. It was really sad. Also, can we take note that in this episode, the young lady who was also being captured by the djinn is Winona Earp. Mm-hmm. Awesome. <laughs> it's Melanie Scrifano. Yep. I don't even think she has any lines. I don't 
think so. She just kind of hangs there throughout but the episode. I thought it was cool. I was like going back and rewatching it. I was like, oh my God, it's Winona. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And there's like a campaign online to make a crossover show. There so should be. I would watch the hell out of that yeah. episode. I'm just saying. Yeah. We were talking fan theory and like, what if Winona Earp is that girl's gin dream? Oh, yeah. Like, oh my gosh, meta madness. Like, what? So, so many things. <laughs> right? I fell down a rabbit hole. Oh my goodness. That's, I mean, it really blows your mind because we didn't see what her dream was like. So we don't know what her, like, doc is going to be so disappointed. <laughs> Maybe she's a history buff. And that's Maybe. why that came out when she was touched by the gen- We don't know. It's possibilities anyway, abound. Anyway, if they ever decide to do a crossover <laughs> episode... I am all over that. Oh, I'm so there. Like I would totally believe that that would be possible too. It seems mm-hmm. like a very similar world that they're in. Yeah. Anyway, they anyway, just all <laughs> show up to fight, fight revenants. What are you doing here? What are you doing here? Yeah. No. <laughs> that was my weird sidebar, but I thought that that was cool. No, that would be. Yeah. I didn't realize that until I was watching that episode again. I was like, oh my gosh, that's Melanie Scrifano. Yeah. I didn't even realize it until you pointed it out. Yeah. So I would have not known at all, and that's pretty cool. But like kind of tossed in there i mean girls gotta work right hey man so <laughs> yeah you take that non-speaking role where you just have to look kind of on the verge of death like <laughs> yeah and she did great she did she was very Way good very convincing yes very very convincing <laughs> i also really enjoyed um croatoan yes in this up in this season uh it's the first time that we see the virus and that it does become a recurring thing that mm-hmm. we see quite a few more times in the series. But I also liked kind of the homage to like the thing and all of those types of horror movies where yeah. you don't know who has it. You don't know who's evil. So everyone is suspicious of everyone. Yeah. I really liked that episode. I thought it was very well done. Yeah. And I feel like it's pretty good foreshadowing for later episodes with the horseman. Mm-hmm. So... Yeah, they were thinking. They were thinking ahead. Well, I know that they they planned out the first five seasons. And I have to say, things like that are where I'm like, wow, you guys mm-hmm. did your job very yeah. well. It was like Harry Potter level foreshadowing. It really was. <laughs> it was really well done. I enjoyed that episode. I enjoyed it on rewatch, knowing what I know now, like having knowledge of the future. It was a really good episode to rewatch. Mm-hmm. It was very fun. The other episode that I really liked was the one with A.J. Holmes. Mm-hmm. I know you love that one. Because it creeps me the hell out. Because it's creepy and <laughs> oh my God, history. But um, I thought that that was also really cool that they go to where the house was. Mm-hmm. And it's also showing just because it doesn't exist anymore doesn't mean that it can't exist anymore. Yeah. Which we see a lot, right? Is like, you know, the ghost hanging out in the building that's no longer the building that they thought it was. And that just like furthers their insanity. Mm-hmm. And that kind of thing where you have to look back to be able to fight now. It's pretty yeah. cool. The yeah. fingers in the grate, though. I will never. That, like, haunts my nightmares. Because he was just so gross and so creepy. I couldn't figure out what was going on until Sam said Herman Webster Mudgett. And I was like, oh, my God. <laughs> I know what that is. It's H.H. Holmes. <laughs> and Dean is like, what? <laughs> He's like, I don't know who that is. <laughs> and I... I find it interesting that now H.H. Holmes is showing up on all these other things because mm-hmm. it's like all of a sudden people know who he is. Yeah, he's become trendy. Yeah, I guess he's our serial killer du jour, but uh, yeah, because he was on Timeless. Mm-hmm. And there's that 
really interesting documentary show on the History Channel, mm-hmm. American yeah. Ripper, which if you haven't watched that, it is fascinating. Yeah. Well, and people have been talking about Devil in the White City lately, which I know is not your favorite book. I wanted it to be better, mm-hmm. but it was too dry for me. Yeah. I, I mean, it was. Int- it's an interesting subject matter. I wouldn't say don't read it or anything, but for me it was like – if I have to read one more paragraph about the architecture of Chicago when I thought I was reading a book about a serial killer, I... <laughs> You're like, get to the serial killer. I don't understand. Why are we talking about this? Guy on yeah. a boat. I don't know. <laughs> anyway. But I think it was cool to turn him into like a creepy because he was so like disturbed and creepy in, in life that of course he would continue to be that way yeah. in death and like target specific types of people and like... Just the that his M.O. was so similar. Ugh. Yeah. And it, I liked that they were pulling from a real thing that happened. Mm-hmm. It gave me the heebies way a lot. <laughs> I was just kind of like, oh. Meanwhile, I'm like on the edge of my seat. What's going to happen next? Just them putting like his, the way that they showed his body parts like through the venting and like through the grating, it very much disturbed me because, you know, I don't like people hiding places that I, I can't see. Does anybody like that? It's like a big fear of mine. So to have his like hand come out of the grate and then his like eye through the little door and the nope, mm -mm, nope, it hit all my creep factor buttons. I loved it. But it was a good episode. I have to watch it during the day. If it's like nighttime, I have to skip it. Understandable. I won't be able to sleep. It's scares me. Understandable. Um... What do you think about the way this season ended with uh, all all hell breaks loose parts one and two? Uh, you know, I liked the storyline of the soldier, mm-hmm. like as the sort of backup plan. <laughs> yeah, um, that was kind of cool, and I think it had like a lot of emotional pop, especially at the time that the episode aired and that like this season aired. To have it be like a soldier who had been in like Afghanistan, Iraq, like that was really strong. And I think it sets up obviously like demons released throughout the world. Like now you have this whole new door opening for season three. Mm-hmm. That's really hardcore. And it was nice to see John kind of help out a little bit from the other side. Like that was, I was like, okay, John, you're doing something helpful right now, <laughs> decent. So that was yeah. good. Um, he tried. He did. And I uh, I found it interesting that this is when we see that Mary might have known who Azazel was. Mm-hmm. More lies, on that later. The lies begin here. <laughs> um, and it's the first, you know, well, I mean, it's really cool that Bobby's there. Mm-hmm. And stepping into the dad role again. Um well, and Ellen was there too, so they have like their whole little family. Kind oh my of. God, can I just tell you how hard I ship Bobby and Ellen? <sighs> I know. Fucking Wait till that. we get to the Titanic episode, then you can ship them really hard. <laughs> I will ship them hard. <laughs> anyway, I love those two. Anyway, um, and I remember the first time I was watching this show, way back, <laughs> way back when, um, when Sam died at mm-hmm. the end of part one. I was shocked and horrified. You're like, what the hell? And I was like, oh my God. Cause I, now I laugh at it and I'm like, oh, anytime someone dies, I'm like, well, how quaint. They'll be back. Might be they'll next, be might be the next episode, might be 20 years from now. Mm-hmm. I don't know, but they'll be back. Um, but I thought it was, 
shocking at the time. Yeah. And um, I I really wondered, because I did know, because I was watching it on Netflix at mm-hmm. the time, but I was like, okay, well, there is a season three, and I, <laughs> but I was like, but is it just Dean? That would have been so weird. I, don't, I wasn't sure what was going to happen, or I, I thought, oh, well, if Sam does come back, then... You know, how does that, Yeah, is he going to be Sam or is, is he, he going to be, be like a ghost? I was thinking <laughs> that or um, like a monkey's paw situation mm-hmm. where he's not right or yeah. something. Um, you were thinking ahead. You were like way oh, advanced. This is, this is what I do. <laughs> yeah. Um, so I thought it was interesting that, you know, Dean struck his little deal. <sighs> he's taking a page out of dad's book. And I loved that Bobby was like, are you stupid? Seriously. (laughs) You tell him, Bobby, because that was stupid. I love Bobby (laughs) so much. Oh, my goodness. Of course, later on, we see Bobby pretty much do the exact same thing. But that's for another episode. Um, Right now, he's indignant as to (laughs) how stupid Dean was to turn around and, like, make a deal when he saw what it did to their father and he knows better. Like, basically, Bobby's like, what the hell? You know better. You saw, like, spoiler alert, we saw what it did to his mom. We saw what it did to his dad. We saw what it did to, like, everyone around them. This family should not be allowed to make deals with anybody. Nope. But they do it over and over and over they again. Because they think they can somehow, like, deal with it later. They're like, well, this will just get me out of the situation right now and I'll deal with it later. And we see how well that happens. <laughs> Yeah. We see how that goes later. Yeah. But it was an um, interesting way to kind of set up a different Dean in season three because we do see like his personality change with his deal. Yeah, absolutely. So that was kind of cool. And of um, course, Sam has the mega guilt. How could you not? <laughs> I mean, even though you didn't ask him to do that. Yeah, you weren't expecting to die. Well, and wouldn't you feel like, okay, once Dean is gone, now you have to be like the best person ever Mm -hmm. to make sure that his sacrifice was worth it? Yeah. Which I think is a lot of the emotional baggage that Sam carries around is like the inevitability of Dean's death and knowing that it's his fault, that it was done to save him. And like, what does that mean that your brother values your life over his own? That always bums me out too that they... Both of them have that complex of, I'm Mm -hmm. not good enough. My brother is way better than Mm -hmm. me. Like, I don't matter as much as the fight. And this other person matters more in the fight than me. (laughs) You matter. (sighs) Yeah. Well, and obviously they think that about each other or they wouldn't be sacrificing themselves for each other all the time. I just constantly (laughs) want to be giving both of them a hug and be like, shh, no, you're okay. You're better than you think you are. Well, you bitch slapped their dad for giving them that complex. I know. (laughs) Yeah. And a little bit mom later. Well, so. yeah. We don't know that now. I know. <laughs> but she was not a good... They did not have good parents. Let's just call a spade a spade. Yeah. Their that, parental that's influence. That's a thing for another episode about <laughs> the reasons I don't really care for Mary. Yeah. And we'll it, get there. Yeah. <laughs> Remind me how that correlates to Harry Potter. But... Uh, um, ugh. No, I can't. <laughs> uh, pain. Anyway. Season two. Sorry. Anyway. Um, yeah. Quite the cliffhanger, though, because now yeah. we've got Dean's dying in like a year. So kind of, you know, what's coming towards the end of season three before season three <sighs> even starts. I know. You know, you know that he's got that hanging over his head. You know that 
Sam knows that that's a thing or is going to know that that's a thing. Bobby knows. Bobby knows. knows Yeah. And you have all of these demons that were just released through a portal to hell. Oh, no. Sam does know. Just kidding. Sorry. Oh, he knows by the end of season two. Yeah, because I have like the list of the episode summary so I can remember what it's talking about. (laughs) Um, Sam also promises to find a way to save Dean after Mm. he admits to him about the deal. Yeah. I mean, it's pretty heavy stuff. And you've got to fight all of these demons now that you accidentally let get released, which really I blame John for. (laughs) I blame him for everything. If he didn't give up the cult in the deal, they never could have opened the gate. Just saying. But also, (laughs) I want to say this episode, part two, had really cool effects. Mm -hmm. And I liked that Bobby and Ellen couldn't get the gate closed in time and it released more stuff because I was like, man, eventually they're going to run out of stuff to hunt, right? Apparently not. No. Nope. So that was really brilliant on the writer's part because mm-hmm. now we also know why there's so many demons around, whereas there wasn't before. And what else got let out? Mm-hmm. We don't know. Yeah. So madness ensues. And the really cool, I liked the the effects of when Dean shot Azazel. Mm-hmm. That was pretty cool. That was pretty cool. I also enjoyed the historical tie-in to like Samuel mm-hmm. Colt and the railroads being made of iron and all of that. Like oh, that yeah. was really fun. Ugh, I loved it. That whole like historical connection and w- that that was the reason that they like needed the psychic kids and like it all kind of came together. They like wrote themselves in a circle, but then once it came around, you were like, oh, mm-hmm. it all makes so much sense. And that was kind of cool. I liked the narrative arc of this season as much as I thought it was very Sam heavy. I enjoyed the way that it paid off in the end. Yeah. It was unpredictable mm-hmm. and wonderful. Yeah. It was engaging and it kind of broke its own rules, but it did it in a smart way where you're like, no, you're not breaking the rule. I just assumed it was a rule and it's not. Yeah. Aha. They Aha. got me. Like, so that kind of twist I like, as opposed to, you know, oh, never mind. We're not going to pay attention to that anymore. That I don't like. But this was done in a really smart way. Yeah. Yeah. And I like that. Well, they got the cult back. So mm-hmm. now they've got that. Um, they don't have the knife yet, right? No. No. Because Ruby's not even on the show I, yet. I had to remember how they got. And I was like, oh, wait, Ruby's not around yet. Yeah. I was sometimes crazy. I, sometimes I get Ruby and Meg mixed up. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we also did find out a lot more about Meg and like she's going to continue to haunt the show for a while yet. But I like Meg's next coming. Mm-hmm. Rachel Miner is fucking awesome. She was the best, Meg, if you ask me. The best. And I was really bummed when she left. Yeah. So, But we'll talk about that in season four, five, five. Four, five. Five. Yeah, I'm pretty sure it's five. It's a while from now. Yeah. <laughs> But anyway, anything else we want to say about season two? Uh, it's quite a ride. It is. I feel it's like just, a little bit lightheaded. Yeah. Need some pie. Yeah. Well, and there's so much that we haven't like even touched on, but like, whoo, it's a lot. Oh, yeah. <laughs> it is. We'll just keep chugging along. Totally. <laughs> what are we going to talk about next week? Next week, I don't know if you know out I there. I know. <laughs> I don't know if you know out there, is our 50th episode. Yay! Oh my gosh, 50 hours of us talking and other people listening. That's pretty crazy. Thank you, by the way. <laughs> Thank you for listening to us. Um, and it's also right around our one-year anniversary 
of the podcast. Yes. So we're putting them together. Oh, yeah. 50th episode plus one year equals It's woo-hoo. like a lot of things. I know. Because, you know, season 13 starts. It's my birthday. Mm-hmm. Halloween's around the corner. We are everything. We're going to be celebrating all It's going to be like the best thing <laughs> ever. So bring pie. Yeah. Bring all of the good things because we'll be celebrating. Yes. But not, yeah. But, yeah. <laughs> responsibly. We'll be celebrating responsibly. Semi-responsibly. <laughs> I'm, I'm going to be semi-responsible. <laughs> but that's the plan for next week. We're going to do a little like woohoo celebratory show. <laughs> a so little surpri- woohoo. Surprises are around the corner. Mm-hmm. That's what's going on next week. So come back and uh, we will see you then. Goodbye. Bye.